0: So okay, um, here's what we're going to we're talking about shoulder injuries. So we're moving up the arm here, but in talking about these, I'm going to start medially and go laterally. Um, so we're going to talk about SC dislocation, the clavicle. I added some uh, uh, that were from Rosen's, like impingement and rotator cuff, um, scapula AC injuries, shoulder dislocations. We'll do a little demonstration. Um, and adhesive capsulitis, uh, humerus fractures, and brachial injuries. So I added some shoulder tests. These are the ones that I commonly use when I'm evaluating the shoulder. Um, There's a lot of name tests out there. There's even more you can find on the internet or maybe you were taught in school. Um, Just like a knee exam has a lot of name tests, shoulder exam has some. So the aptly scratch test just for basic range of motion, opposite shoulder, back of the neck, back of the uh, mid-back and then pushing off. Apprehension tests for chronic shoulder dislocation, but I don't know why anybody with chronic dislocations would even let you get them in the position for that. I mean, I dislocated my knees a dozen times before I had surgery, and nobody can touch my knees. So I don't think somebody with chronic shoulder dislocation is going to let you uh, come near them. And then um, drop arm tests for rotator cuff injuries and the empty hand for kind of the supraspinatus tendon uh, tears and inflammation. Um, the nearest test, supraspinatus impingement. Um, you can also inject lidocaine in the subacromial space, about 10 mils of a 1% solution. Is supposed, to, and if it relieves the pain there, um, then that's mostly uh, diagnostic for a supraspinatus impingement. Um, speeds and organisms test for bicipital tendinitis. Even though I'm not going to really talk about that thing that you can see in the uh, shoulder area. So SC dislocations, uh, sprains are more common than dis- dislocations. Um, either way, there's severe pain, um, the patient, um, the shoulder will be shortened, and kind of rolled forward. And this is kind of the position that they're in when they fall on their shoulder or have direct trauma as well. Um, posterior dislocation is um, really uncommon and it's probably the more feared of the two because you can impinge on a lot of the mediastinal structures that you like to keep like the trachea and so um, an x-ray might not to be diagnostic in this uh, situation you might not need to uh, jump to CT, especially to see if it is really in a lot on those mediastinal structures and uh, it's recommended to get um, close reduction by ortho um, and after you call them then you call um, thoracic and just give them a heads up and just to say you know in case this doesn't go well you'll probably need to, to the or um, then anterior dislocation is a lot more common. You'll see a prominent medial clavicle. Um, you could really reduce this pretty easily um, with uh, direct pressure on the medial clavicle. Just put a like a sandbag or a, a towel underneath their arms, put them supine, and put some pressure on it. Um, after this, the patient is in a figure of eight harness is recommended. However, these are kind of unstable, they can reoccur um, and just pop right back out after you've reduced them. So Need to send them to ortho to figure out if they um, uh, want to either live with the deformity or have surgery to correct it. Um, and then, one uh, last note is that the uh, medial clavicle is uh, that growth plate is the last to close, and it can close up until 25 years old. So, um, if you've got a young person with an SC dislocation, um, you might want to really do a CT look for um, a uh, fracture. And not just a diagnosis as a dislocation. Uh, the clavicle, very commonly injured, um, usually from a blow to the shoulder or really any kind of trauma. Uh, 80% happen in the middle third, 15% in the lateral, and 5% in the medial. Um, arm is usually slumped downwards and supported by the other arm. Um, x rays, it says that x rays may miss the fraction. You can order CT, but um, you know, I've never heard of an x-ray missing a clavicular fracture, I'm not sure. But um, uh, figure of eight for any displaced fractures, um, if they're minimally displaced. Otherwise if they're severely displaced, or there's a lot of skin tenting, then you'll call it ortho um, for a possible shirt surgery. So um, also think of injury to this is where you start to think of injury to the surrounding structures, because there's a lot that the clavicle protects. Um, like the subclavian and the brachial um, and also acutely you can think of uh, just the acute injury uh, injuring those structures as well as large hematoma formation um, pressure on those structures and later on as the uh, fracture heals there could be a large callus formation and also impinge on those structures later on. Um, impingement syndrome also known as rotator cuff tendinitis. Um, And this is uh, mostly seen by repetitive overhead motion causing wear on the tendons in this very small subacromial space. And the three major structures in these are the subacromial bursa, the long head of the biceps tendon, and the um, tendons of the rotator cuff muscles. And with this overhead repetitive activity, there's wear on the tendons, inflammation, fibrosis, thickening, and then even more narrowing of the space. Um, Patients usually have nocturnal pain. Um, There's a positive near sign or the lidocaine that I talked about before. Uh, Also, to just treat this, you want to recommend a rest, NSAIDs, possibly steroid injection. Um, And then um, after a couple of days, return to gentle range of motion and stretching exercises and try to avoid the overhead activity that... What's near sign? Near sign is kind of like um, a pronated arm. Um, like out like this, and you can put pressure on it. And they're kind of so it's kind of the opposite of I think speed test. This is the way I was taught. So, uh, rotator cuff, uh, the six muscles, the supraspinitis, infraspinitis, teres minor, and subscapularis. Um, acute tears only account for about 10% of these, um, and this is really a uh, force on an abducted arm. of rotator crab tears are from chronic repetitive motion use and the impingement syndrome that leads to weakening of the muscles. Um, Usually x-rays are of no use and MRI is pretty standard. So one is normal, one is abnormal. I'm sure you could figure it out. So with the arrow sign. Um, Scapula uh, talk about scapular fractures mostly. Um, high energy is needed to fracture the scapula, so you need to look for other injuries. 80% of scapular fractures are associated with other injuries, most of them being rib fractures, the second most being uh, pulmonary injuries like pneumothorax. So usually these are caused by direct b- blows, fuchsias. From now on we'll fuchsias can cause anything in the arm. Um, and then also dislocations. Uh, arm is usually held in adduction and has a flattened appearance. Um, your basic shoulder film should uh, uh, detect most scapular fractures. Um, uh, one very rare uh, injury to the, scap- the scapulothoracic disassociation uh, will you'll see um, kind of a lateral lateral scapular on the chest x-ray and there's a lot of neurovascular findings, a lot of brachial plexus injury associated with this and subclavian artery um, avulsion as well. Um, Usually uh, fractures to the scapular body um, are really trivial and can be put in a sling with some uh, ortho follow-up but otherwise you're going to need to call it ortho if there's a glenoid, acromion, or coracoid process uh, fracture because these are associated with a lot of disability, a lot of pain, and will probably need surgery. Um, the AC joint, um, there's two main uh, ligaments, the acromioclavicular lim- ligament and the coracoid clavicular ligament. Um, and the diagnosis of this is usually made clinically based on the uh, mechanism of action and the uh, patient presentation with localized tenderness um, and deformity at the AC joint. Um, standard shoulder x-rays are hard to pick, this, uh, pick these up because they over-penetrate the AC joint and so there's special AC joint x-rays that you can um, order. Um, also special X-rays for high grade um, injuries, like the axillary view for type 4 and the stress view for type 3. So we're talking about the types. There's six types. Um, type 1 is just kind of a sprain of the AC or the ear, uh, ligament. Uh, type 2 is a complete tear of the AC uh, ligament with a sprain of the coracoclavicular. Ear ligament. Um, both of these the x-ray will look uh, rather normal especially in type 1 type 2 you can see a little bit of widening maybe a little dis- bit of uh, uh, the lateral uh, clavicle displacement superiorly um, otherwise these are very uh, conservative management put them in a sling give them some uh, pain medication and have them do early range of motion uh, type 3, there's complete tears of the AC and CC uh, ligaments uh, with the clavicle displaced 100% uh, superiorly. And the uh, recommendations are kind of uh, iffy on how to treat these. Some recommend early, uh, getting ortho immediately. Some recommend just conservative management um, in the ER with just the slings and um, ortho follow-up soon. Um, type 4, 5, and 6 are, are pretty much just like type 3, um, only the clavicle is either um, in a different position. It's like posterior, inferior, or just way, way superior. So, and all of these are pretty serious and require ortho early on. Uh, glenohumeral dislocation. And so we're gonna talk about anterior first and then we'll do like some, some uh, uh, show and tell. So there's four types of anterior dislocations, and usually these are just uh, divided on where the the humeral head lies, and the subcoracoid is the most um, common. Um, All these are um, associated with severe pain. Um, The patient's arm is uh, abducted, externally rotated, squared off. There's actually nerve neuropraxia in over 50% of these. Um, you want to get, make sure you get the scapular Y view t- just to make sure um, the direction of the dislocation, and um, uh, just uh, reduction complications of these. Um, I'll just talk about now. And one is the the hill sachs lesion, the posterior lateral compression fracture of the humeral head. Um, And this corresponds to the Bankart lesion, which is a tear in the glenoid labrum off the anterior rim. And the Bankart lesion is uh, what leads a lot of young people with uh, recurrent dislocations to have these recurrent dislocations. Um, Also uh, complications are fractures. Uh, 15% of anterior dislocations are, are associated with a uh, greater tuberosity f- uh, fracture. Also, rotator cuff injuries. Um, about 80, over 80% of uh, people over 40 with uh, anterior dislocations have a rotator cuff injury. Um, also, injuries to nerves, actually artery in the elderly, things like that. So, here's the, the methods. And I don't know, Brian, if you want to get them up. And we'll do these. So we're just well, going to go through. Yes, they did recommend films before and after. So we'll do the the modified Hippocratic first. So yeah, I'll just put this over here right here. So this is the modified Hippocratic. There we go. They all. Yeah, they basically all do. Because if they're young, they're, prob- they're at risk for uh, recurrent dislocation. If they're old, they're at risk for rotator cuff tears and things like that, so. If
1: they, if they do it before they're 18, they've got about an 80 to 90% chance of
0: re-dislocation. Mm-hmm. So, but, and I'll get to those other dislocations here in a second. So, because anterior is the, widely the most common. We'll just go through the reduction uh, mechanism or ways to do it here. So the modified Hippocratic method uses the sheets and the patient is supine and the doctor is here kind of like, say his right arm is the dislocated arm, okay, okay, so so his left arm is the dislocated arm and this sheet is kind of over his thorax with an assistant kind of pulling superior laterally this way and the doctor is here. I like the whole. I have w- seen it before, like holding the arm bent here, and then just pulling this way, and just gently keep traction on it, and should go back into place. So that's one method. Another method, and we'll do it while Brian's still um, supine. Yes, is the um, uh, the Milch method, which is basically um, abduction external rotation. So just going to externally rotate and slowly abduct. You know, and you should. Uh, Rosen said that by 20 to 30 degrees, you should be um, relocating the shoulder. But Tintinally had a picture where the, the physician was way, way up here. So, um, and then also the um, external rotation. So the um, arm is uh, adducted deducted and then slow external rotation. So, did you have a question, Chris? will
1: no, show you Okay. okay. <laughs> yes. The so one thing to, to do whenever you, this is kind of a zen problem. Like if you get them fresh, you're not have been out for an hour or so. Say for instance, they come off a ski slope, very acutely dislocated, a lot easier to put in. The first thing you do is reassure the patient because you know if you go in there and start moving around, you gotta tell them and you speak very quietly and calmly. And you wanna, when you do this, the way I, I do these, and they used to do them very acutely like this, is I would just hold them. When you put a just slight, slight, um, pressure on this and you just slightly distract that injury, you pull the humeral head off. It's much more comfortable for the patient. And you just kind of stand here like this. And then one thing to do before you get too far up here with your, your abduction is to externally rotate. And the, the thing that people will run into is they sternly rotate and they pronate or supinate them. You need to do this at the elbow because you're trying to do the humeral head. So you externally rotate up here very slightly. And what you're doing is you're, you're angling that head, the humeral head, so it wants to go back in. So the greater tuberosity is gonna come back in here. And you have them <laughs> slightly flexed, you them slightly anterior. And you can just gently do like this. And you, you wanna get this external rotation before you get too far. And then right about here, you should clunk. Don't put it back there. Bring it all the way up, across those seats then bring them and have them hold it like that. You gotta get through that full range of motion in order to do that. Otherwise, they are likely to come back out. But the key is very, very gentle and the external rotation before you start to get A-B ducted too much. So when so you do a, you, a little, you do you not submit Like if they've just come off? No, I don't. Because most of the time, by the time you get an IV, and it, it, this is hard here because it, it's not as fresh as it is. like. Right off the hill, honestly. Where my success rate was about 95% without sedation, here it gets frustrating because you know it's been an hour and you stick around with an x ray, you know, and then you're like eh, back and forth. And uh, so it's very tempting just to go ahead and put them back in. But what I will do sometimes is now is I usually inject like 10 to 15 seeds of live can into the joint. Uh,
0: and that was recommended too, just for, you know, because it's Shorter ER stay than procedural sedation, and a lot more comfortable for the patient just to do the um, injection. So, and then.
1: rotation,
0: yeah, it's very So the key is also to be have a calming attitude too, and reassure the patient and let them relax. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then um, just the last few, the patient is uh, prone with their arm just hanging off there and the couple that I've seen here is just I'm waiting for x-rays so I just put them in this position and like five seconds later like uh, my arm went back. So um, so this is just Stimson's technique. The patient is prone. You can hang some weights, uh, lift the bed up, hang some weights on the uh, arm and then also you can do scapular manipulation and just this um, very tip of the uh, lower scapula just Gently move it immediately, and this moves the scapula. It moves the glenoid to meet the humeral head. So as the, humor, the humerus is going back into position, um, you're moving the glenoid to meet it. So, and that's the ones that I had. So there's a few more um, in Rosen's. They have a few more, and online I saw a few more. But these are the ones in Timnalee. So thank you, Brian.
1: If um, you have smaller hands it's harder for you to put someone above the elbow, this is a little bit
0: easier. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, then I'll talk about posterior uh, dislocations. There's three different types um, based on where the uh, humeral head is. Uh, mechanism a- action of this is really a forcible internal rotation and in adduction. As you, we've classically been uh, taught, it occurs during, like, struck by lightning or, um, you know, the grand mal seizure or something like that. This is basically because your internal rotators are a lot stronger than your external rotators. Um, usually the patient presents adductin and internal rotation. The Anterior is flat. So there's a prominent coracoid process. Severe pain. Um, again, get your scapular Y view just to make sure that... Um, it is a posterior dislocation Um, and then to reduce you basically you have the patient uh, supine and you're just um, providing traction long arm traction in the long axis of the humerus and it should um, go in so and then you can also push the humeral head anteriorly or have an assistant try to do that too. Um, Inferior uh, dislocations um, mechanism of action of this is a hyperabduction, um, basically arm is up like this, and this is how the patient will present, their arm will be on their head or behind their neck or something like that, and they won't want to move it, they'll have severe pain in any other, um, move it in any other way, and abduction is also simple, kind of just the opposite of posterior dislocation where you're going to um, have the arm abduction and just uh, ha- provide um, traction in the long axis of the humerus. But some of these can be irreducible, um, especially if the humeral head is buttonholed through the inferior uh, side of the capsule. And in this situation, you'll want to definitely call ortho and uh, get, uh, get them involved for possible surgery. Um, there's a lot of soft tissue injury um, associated with inferior dislocations, um, and fractures are common. Um, adhesive capsulitis. I uh, included this because uh, a lot of the injuries to the shoulder can lead to this, especially if uh, you have a patient who um, their pain's not being well controlled, or they just don't want to get out of the sling for two weeks, three weeks at a time. So. Um, Stage 1, there's capsular scarring, there's nocturnal pain, limited motion. Stage 2, there's some fibrous um, arthrodesis going on. Joint becomes even more stiff. There's less motion, but there's also less pain. And stage 3 is a very gradual return to normal. And the treatment of this is pretty much avoiding long, um, long immobilizations. Give them NSAIDs. Um, teach them on again and again on gentle range of motion exercises after their injuries and if all else fails refer them to ortho because um, they may need uh, manipulation under anesthesia uh, humorous fractures proximal humorous fractures usually um, elderly with fouches um, usually these can be conservative treatment if the displacement is uh, under one centimeter or the angulation is under 45 degrees Um, If it's over this, then there's a near classification that uh, uh, designates these as multi-part, and they're going to need early ortho consult for possible surgery. Uh, Otherwise, if they're simple, one-part, non-displaced, you can immobilize them, treat them the same as almost everything else, and refer them to ortho. Um, Injury to the axillary nerve and artery are the most common. And um, if it includes the articular surface, you can see a fat fluid level on X-ray. Shaft. Um, this is a radial nerve artery, uh, radial nerve injury is associated with this, with uh, wrist drop and paresthesias in the hand. Um, displacement is common. However, um, if it's simple, it can be. Um, Manage just with like a splint and refer to ortho. Otherwise, if it's uh, very, very uh, displaced, you'll probably have to call ortho here. Most of them are non operative though. It usually occurs direct pose, fouches, or pathologic fractures, especially metastatic breast cancer. Um, and ex- as it's good practice, x ray the elbow and the shoulder as well to make sure you don't miss anything. Um, Brachial plexus injuries. Um, these are included because um, a lot of the structures in the shoulder will lead uh, could lead to uh, brachial plexus injuries. However, the signs and symptoms are really, in most cases, overshadowed by the other injuries and really don't appear until maybe weeks down the road when, say, you got a, a huge MVC patient and they're in the SIC for two weeks and then they finally get extubated and they say, I have a lot of pain and weakness in my right arm, and sure enough, they have some injury they, you know, broke their collarbone, broke their scapula, things like that. Um, So, usually to really um, diagnose these, you're going to need MRI, CT myelogram, EMG, neuroconduction. Um, It's a multidisciplinary treatment plan with uh, physical therapy and neurosurgery as well. And so these are just some I pulled off the internet, some I got from paying attention in MSK reading room yesterday. I was off the internet so, yes, yep, and that is a hill sachs lesion, yeah, what the arrow is pointing to, so, yep, humeral head, and I got this off the internet, so I don't know if it's like multi-part or one part or what, but, um, and then this is from here, yep, what uh, type do you think it is? It actually read as a type 3 because the uh, clavicle is um, 100% displaced. Yeah, like here. So. Put it the four point it right here. Is that it? Yeah, just, it's a little more medial, but right here. Yeah, right, yeah. That's where
1: you
0: get the. Mm-hmm. the so. And this is in a kid, nope. Um, It's like in a 12-year-old-ish, I think. They got a CT just to confirm, but there is a uh, scapular fracture right here. And it's actually a lot uh, more impressive on CT, but I it here, so. This was a um, fall, I don't know from how much, this month, that's all I know. Yeah, years so. Was he 16 year old? It was that patient, that Amish kid, yeah. So. I don't know, I thought you said he was like 12
1: or something.